Welcome to Bygone Geek. Loading another awesome episode in 3, 2, 1, launch. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Come with me if you want to learn. All right, folks, David here. We have another showdown today. Now, for those who are keeping score at home, I'm up two to zero. <laughs> it hasn't been close. So, <laughs> Eric, I hope you're holding a full house today. Or maybe your choices need some home improvement. Either way, we will take this step by step. And if you start to experience some growing pains, hopefully you will be saved by the bell. When I wake up in the morning and the lawn gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. All right, Eric, as we talk about these uh, great shows from the 80s and 90s, I think one of our categories we have to start with is Best TV Dad. Now, I will say, unfortunately, like as we were putting these lists together, We've lost a lot, a lot of yeah. these dads um, yeah. in in the last couple of years. But you know, um, will who who would you say is your best TV dad? And I, how many honorable mentions do you have? <laughs> I try. I'm I'm going to try to keep my honorable mentions to a minimum. But it was so hard when we decided to do this episode that like there are so many good characters and like we have. You know, there's going to be like about 10 different categories that we go through. And this, like the second I started doing this one, I'm like, oh, wait, the rest of these are going to be so hard if this first one took me <laughs> so long to decide on. But I, even going through everything, I would have to say that Carl Winslow is is my TV dad. Like, I love Carl Winslow from, from Family Matters. Um, wow. Reginald Bell Johnson is who played him, which I felt super bad that I <laughs> had to look that up. But to me, it's just like he'll always be, he'll always be Carl Winslow. Like he was, you know, I, I think it's because he just represented like a a working class dad who was a police officer and lived in Chicago, and just he was funny. He was a big guy, and mm-hmm. I just like I just. I feel like I just related to him because he was a big guy and he he could have fun, but also he could be serious and he could give a lesson when a lesson needed to be learned. Um, so yeah, like Carl Winslow it really came out as as the top one for me. And any kudos to any dad who would have to put up with Urkel, right? That's true. So I mean, but, he yeah. wins. Something yeah, as your there. neighbor that just constantly <laughs> stops by. It it's funny because when I was rewatching some clips. And I totally forgot because he there's there's so many different parts in the show where he like he one his favorite his favorite foods donuts which is hilarious that he's a Chicago cop <laughs> but the fact that he's like a big guy and he likes donuts and there's so many episodes where he's trying to diet and his wife like tries to make him diet and like but he he had some funny one liners that I remember him interacting so much with Urkel that he had I think it was like he would put his hand out like this and he go three two one. One, two, three. 
what the heck is bothering me? <laughs> and that was supposed to calm him down. It was a stress busters pamphlet that he got from like work or something. But there were so many scenes where he would do that, that three, two, one, one, two, three, what the heck is bothering me? And then he would be like, yeah, and just like lunge at Urkel. Um, I don't know how Carl Winslow didn't have a heart attack, but. <laughs> I do yeah. remember having him when he was annoyed, that look he would yeah. have. Yeah. And it's implanted in my brain. Yes, I do remember that. Well, and he had so much too that like he, he would also like sometimes put his hands on yes. his hips and just look very authoritative like he he just he could switch that dad mode on really well when would you say your first memories of watching family matters were how old were you i think i was pretty darn young i think i probably oh i don't know i was probably like six seven maybe um because I feel like that show, you know, other, uh, you know, big, bigger TV buffs will probably know the exact year, but I feel like it started in the very early, early, early nineties. Early nineties. Um, and I think right. it went eight or nine seasons. Like it was because the kids were really little in it. Like they were yeah. super little and then they, they make it all the way up into their high school, teenage college years too. Um, so I was introduced to it at a very young age. I think that was the biggest family show I, I think I was introduced was first was Family Matters. That was going to be my next question because some of these shows on my list were shows I just watched because I thought it was cool and I could watch it by myself. But then there are other shows where my mom introduced us to it or things like that. So so was this a big, your, your, your family was already watching Family Matters and then kind of pulled you in and said, this is like a wholesome, good sitcom yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think... I vaguely remember watching it with fam. I feel like I would get so f hyper focused as a kid on TV shows that I liked that yeah. I kind of didn't pay attention to who else was in the room. Like yeah. I was just so focused on it. But I, I can't remember what time of day that that show aired, but I do feel like it might have been an after school sort of thing. Um, but I remember watching it a ton on my own. But I, I think my I know my sister was also into it as well. It was just a it was a very wholesome show, but. It, it did. It covered a lot of uh, very intense topics for the time. And um, and for Carl Winslow to be the one that delivered it, um, that you'd get humor, but you'd also get serious moments. Like I, I stumbled across one where his oldest son, like was like it was in his high school. He already graduated high school and he was in early college, still living at home. And he came home drunk. And mm. Carl was just like, you do this is the first and last time. That if you yeah. come home drunk again, you're uh, you're moving out. And sure enough, the next episode came home drunk. Carl put his foot down and said, "That's it, you're out." Like he it was he was a no nonsense dad. Um, but it was all based out of love, and and I I, f I think that that's what he resonated with me because of that. Um, no, so yeah, I totally love that. And I think when I look at our my top choice and my honorable mentions, that all rings true in a lot of these dads. They were tough but fair and loving. Mm -hmm. And they, they brought all those three elements in, in a variety of different ways. And I could only imagine with Carl Winslow being a cop, he's seen his fair share of drunks and the aftermath of the kid not coming home yeah. and yeah. probably him having to talk to those parents. Yeah. And he's like, that can't, I have to be stern with you on this. Yeah. Especially you know? in, in Chicago in the yeah. late 80, 80s and 90s. Like it was not, yeah, being a cop in that era probably was really rough for sure. Yeah. I will say I'm surprised by your choice. Really? Um, yeah. I just didn't know you liked Family Matters. Um, I, I, I grew up watching it as well. Um, and just hearing you talk about Carl Winslow, it's like, yeah, he, he was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, the dad I'm going to go with has a lot of those same qualities as well. And unfortunately, he is an actor uh, uh, we did lose, I think, a couple of years ago, Alan Thicke, oh. um, Dr. Jason Seaver, stay at home 
uh, dad um, from Growing Pains. Yeah. There was when we started putting this together, all I could hear was his voice, and I could mm-hmm. remember his hair, and he, he Alan Zick cool just had dad. this look. Yeah, he yeah. was a cool dad, yeah. And and that's what I loved about him, because he had cool kids, so he also was cool with them. There's a scene that I remember, and this is, again, taking a show that was basically a comedy, but yeah. had those serious moments. Um, Kirk Cameron came home late, and uh, his curfew was supposed to be 1 a.m. He came home at 2.15 a.m. Mm-hmm. Alan Thicke, Dr. Jason Seaver, gets out from the couch and goes to the, the door and just waits for Mike to open and turn around and go, Dad! And, and, and he goes, Mike! Mike, that is you, right? Uh, it's you, right? And he goes, yeah, dad, that's me. And he goes, oh, because my mic was supposed to be home at 1 o'clock. <laughs> but totally turning this moment that he, Mike's in trouble, Kirk Cameron character, but they, he, Alan Thicke plays it as like a joke and like yeah. kind of lowers the tension. And then, come on, Mike, let's sit on the couch. We need to talk about this. And he just stares at Mike, Kirk Cameron's character, and you could tell he's visibly bothered. And he just, you see this shift in Alan Thicke and he goes, what's wrong? Yeah. Something's wrong. And like I as a dad want to have those elements in my parenting style. And I feel like I do already. I don't have a teenager, but just the way that he can blend humor and seriousness right. with with the with his kids was really, really great. And he's also he was also kind of like aloof to things, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, but he still you were still confident that he knew how to take care of you and how he had your back. Absolutely. Um, Another scene is actually in the intro where they're all taking a family photo and then they all run back into the house because the kids are over it, the wife's done with it, and Alan Thicke just kind of stands there and smiles and, and then he kind of <laughs> saunters back into the house. Yeah. Um, and then one other scene that I really just resonate, again, another serious moment through all these these funny moments in the show, Carol, his daughter, her boyfriend and her, actually played by uh, Chandler, Matthew Perry, Oh really? Um, oh wow! He's an older boyfriend. He they're drinking and driving. He gets in a really bad accident. Oh wow! And they have this huge talk about how you'll have a second chance. You're going to be okay. Matthew Perry Chandler esque is still cracking jokes as he's in this hospital bed with Jeez. fifty million stitchers. They get home. You see Kirk Cameron come out of his hallway, and he's like, he died. And like oh. Carol gives it a, a really really great scene, like masterclass in in emotions and not how you know how to deal with this. Um, but I, I kind of got ahead of myself. The the scene that I'm reminded of is when Alan Thicke's character hears that Carol says, I've been drinking, we were driving. Mm-hmm. How could you do that? He kind of, he does get mad and they're in the middle of this hospital and he gets mad and all his wife does is hug Carol. Oh. And here's what I remember, because I do this. He goes, you still shouldn't have done it. And that's kind of resonates with me too, because like my daughter will fall mm-hmm. and like, Mama will give her a hug, and I go, you got to watch where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> so it just reminded me, again, of just his parenting. But he was always – he did give the hugs, and he, he just was funny. And and I think you said it. He was cool. Yeah. So, he was a he, very cool dad. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, there is – and he, he did. He had a very distinct voice, like, and the way he delivered lines and stuff. Like, he was. Like, it's like you almost wish that there was some sort of a – a prequel to that show that you could see the the cool era of him before he was a dad because yeah. he he had that you, you just kind of wondered what his past was because he just had that cool factor to him yeah and I like i'm surprised fact- you i'm surprised you picked that one because it's kind of an older show that's what surprised me because it was it's not a 90s Mm-hmm. It's in the more later 80s, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I used to watch that on Disney 
the Disney Channel. Um, I guess Disney Channel got somehow the rights to all those like syndicated shows. Right. Disney Channel and Nick at Night were how I watched a lot of these things. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, and I do love there's something about a show in that time period that he's the stay at home dad. Right. Yeah. And she, his wife went back to work. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. So what do you have for, let's, let's just hear some honorable mentions. I feel like inevitably Danny Tanner. You know, Bob Saget needs to be yeah. in there. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not because he, we, it's another guy that we recently lost. Everybody just knew who Danny Tanner was. Um, yeah. He, he was also funny, but also had his serious moments too. And um, just even the premise of that show for him to lose his wife and then to have Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey come in to help pick up the slack. Like it was, it, it established an interesting character also for a dad in that era of of television that he he yeah. needed to take you had, needed three men to come in and take care of all of these kids all um, girls too raising yeah all, all girls, girls yeah know. so yeah danny tanner uh without a doubt has to be has to be in there as well so he's like my biggest honorable mention america's dad right oh I yeah and if he alive or not he'd be he'd oh still for be sure mentioned. Absolutely. absolutely totally agree um and i'm gonna I'm going to go, I'm going to go here and I'm not saying this is an honorable mention, but Eric and I had this conversation. I just feel like it just hit me in like in the gut. Mm -hmm. But like if we were having this podcast 10 to 15 years ago, Bill Cosby would have been somewhere on this list. And I just, I'm not going to say anything else and I'm not going to give him any more credibility or or praise him in any way. But I just think when I had that thought, it just hit me like a hammer. Um, One of my... Uh, one of my honorable mentions is actually could be for like best worst dad. Uh-huh. I have to say Al Bundy. Oh I yeah. Grew yeah. up with married with children. Right. And Al Bundy was the worst, but he was, he was also the best. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like I, I, there's a few times that I have gone it, like when I put all of these different categories together of my top picks that, yeah, I would navigate to, to married with children and, uh, it was just like a stereotype of the worst possible family. But it's like, here's the worst son, the worst daughter, the worst wife, the worst husband. But you put them all together with that comedy in that era, and it was classic. It was yeah. great. And yeah, I, I loved I loved Married with Children, but he was he was definitely a bad dad. Bad dad, uh, yeah. So what you have, okay, Danny Tanner was your highest honorable mention. Do you have a couple others? Um, Honestly, like I feel like... I don't know. I, I feel like those were really my top two okay. um, because I think similarly to like Al Bundy, you know, you have you have Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yes. That wasn't the greatest dad. No. Like he was more of just like an additional kid on the show. He was a teenager. Yeah, he was like, you know, so uh, to me, I, I couldn't put him in that category. He was great and I loved him on the show, but he, I wouldn't call him best dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, no. yeah, that pretty much, that's my, yeah, it was really, it was between... Carl Winslow and Danny Tanner were the top two dads to me. And I would, I 100% agree with you. Um, Bill Cosby, you know, the Voldemort <laughs> of this particular episode. Um, but and yeah, our Jack it's, episode. It's, yeah, it's hard not to name him because for decades he was, he was, he was labeled as America's dad, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that I would agree that that would have been one that's definitely in my top three. Um, but uh, yeah. It's it's interesting how history unfolds. <laughs> I have to give an uh, honorable mention to Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, Philip Banks. 
the man was so commanding. Yes. And again, fair and and heartfelt. But like you, this scene is probably one of the most talked about scenes ever. Um, when he broke character and hugged Will, when yeah. Will's like, he, "Why doesn't he love me?" But like, could you imagine getting a grizzly bear hug from him? Like, it has to feel like the most the warmest hug ever. Yeah, um, and just and so the most comforting prote- and the most protective Pro- hug too. Protective, yeah. yeah. So j- just his commanding presence, and he also had a, had a look that when he oh, was yeah. mad, oh, oh, you better run. Yeah, um, you don't mess with him. Yeah, he was yeah. he was very commanding, and I feel like you know it goes back to even just our past two episodes of of Terminator and of wrestling. He was larger than life. He was Absolutely. a lo- he was a very commanding, larger than life sort of character. Yeah. I always also liked, uh, I'm a big Boy Meets World fan, and I'm going to talk a lot about different that in different segments. But, you know, Alan Matthews was always a good dad. He was the grocer. He yeah. didn't have, like, a high-profile job, but he cared for his kids. He loved his kids. He put up with their sh- shenanigans. So I always like him. And then I have to say, and I... Uh, we didn't really create a category for like um, best like sidekick or best friend or best kind of like character that's not a family member. I think we would be canceled if we did not mention because he's a dad to me. He wasn't their dad, but I felt he was a dad. We would be canceled if we don't mention Mr. Feeney and mm. how amazing he was. Uh, not only is one of the best characters I think that's ever been created, but he he was their teacher. But he was he went above and beyond for them. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Feeney. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. What are you thinking? Uh, your your best TV mom. So here's what's interesting, is we kind of touched on it very briefly when I uh, when you asked me kind of a secondary honorable mention dads. I think because you know I'll just straight out of the gate, Jill Taylor. Um, you know Tim the Toolman Taylor's oh, wife. Okay. For her to raise three boys and essentially a fourth. <laughs> you know, child in Tim the Toolman Taylor. And as much as that man hurt himself and was hospitalized and broke things, like their insurance premium just had to be through the roof. Um, but I always felt like she was the voice of reason in, in home improvement. And so to me, that that really came across as somebody that, you know, that's a really good mom. And, and on top of it, it's like in later episodes, she went from being a stay-at-home mom to then realizing, oh, I want to go back to school. And like she went went back to college for like psychology and I think she went on and became very successful in that. And then at the same time, she was also like a very, she declared herself as a feminist. And to see those types of, see that type of character depicted in the 90s was another rare thing. Um, and uh, especially for them to do it from the perspective of a mother uh, with right. a whole family of guys. Um, yeah. It was, there was just a lot of conversations that, if it wasn't for Jill Taylor being in that show, that show would have just been slapstick comedy the entire yeah. time. The serious nature always tended to come out through Jill. Um, so yeah, Pat- Patricia Richardson is who played her, and um, yeah, she's kind of she's definitely my pinnacle uh, TV mom. Like she just she checked a lot of different boxes and came across um, as not your typical. You know, in the 80s and 90s, it's like it it tended to rely heavily on the father or the male characters in the show. Mm. And um, with her, it's like she was pivotal in home improvement. So, yeah, that's why she's she's the top the top uh, mom for me. I think you made a lot of really good points. And you're right. It was I wouldn't say over masculine show, but I mean, it's tools. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, there's, and yeah. there's <laughs> the three boys and um, the 
the the other female characters in the show were like in the show of Tool Time, and they were right kind of more of a sex appeal, right? Yeah, like you know what I mean. And I love that you said that Jill went her story arc was went from stay at home mom to um, everything she accomplished. And I think right. you're right; it really balances out home improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I love you. Uh, Mr. Taylor, but you need your wife to yeah. help. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like he would have been dead on the <laughs> dead somewhere next to an outlet. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Some sparking tool. But uh, yeah, like I, it's it's funny because even when I looked back at some older episodes, I also forgot that her father, you know, Jill's father, was a vil- very like ex-military, like officer, militant sort of by the rule book sort of guy. And so it made, now as an adult, I did not realize it as a kid, but as an adult, you now realize that, oh, she married the complete opposite of her father, which oh, is yeah. so fun that they, they did it that way, is that he is not a rule follower. He will, he will do whatever he wants to do, whether or not it hinders him or breaks something or burns something down. So I liked that fact that she married, in her mind, the opposite of her dad and a rebel, some crazy cool guy. So that was a fun thing, too. And I kind of want to ask you the same question then. Home improvement, where do you remember that being in your your core earlyhood memories? And was that something you just kind of spun upon yourself? Or was that something your dad and mom were already watching? That was definitely one that my whole family watched. I feel okay. like my dad really liked Tim Allen as a comedian because he was a huge stand-up comedian at the time. And I think a lot of people forget that, that he, you know, at the beginning of every episode, it says based on the comedy of Tim Allen. Like it's oh, it's really yeah. based on a lot of bits and things that he was already doing, and he was just selling boatloads of of comedy records and things like that back in that day. So uh, yeah, it was a whole family affair when we watched uh, Home Improvement. And so yeah, I feel like um, and even my dad. My dad's a mechanical engineer, and my mom at the time was a Ford mechanic. She was a certified oh, Ford wow. mechanic. And so I lived with two parents that are just like, oh, tools, oh, oh. you know, they were, they were their own Tim Allens in a way. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, I think the entirety of the 90s of my childhood had home improvement in it, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. It was another show we watched, maybe not as a family, but again, wholesome. You could have it on, and it was cool to just play, yeah, um, play out. Um, just good family fun entertainment. Sa- Growing Pains was a show I think we did all watch together. Um, I remember like we had these blue bowls that we did p- popcorn in and all that. So Growing Pains was a family thing for sure. Um, okay, now I said I'm not going to praise Voldemort, but I will <laughs> Praise his wife. Absolutely. My TV mom, Claire Huxtable. Mm -hmm. She had this look. Yeah. You were either, it was either a look of daggers or a look of kindness. Yeah. But like her eyes did something and her lips would kind of just close together and she just had this look and it was like, oh God, am I in the hot seat or or we're going to hug? Like she, but again, loving just and fair and had yeah. your back and she'll protect she'll be mama bear if she needs to be yeah she but she will also not she will also be teach her kids though the right way absolutely and was stern and i know in that show voldemort's kind of she makes him believe he's in charge but he's yes. not no. we know who the matriarch we know she's, who the she's just sitting there smoking mirrors behind the yes. scenes being like that's his idea yeah i have nothing to do with this yeah she's, she's a powerful dis- woman the disciplinary, the backbone. Yeah. Um, there's an episode I remember where Theo, go, he's 18 at the time, and he's like, you know, I could handle moving out. I can do this. And 
the 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 show ends up creating like real world for him and like he has to fe- uh, get his apartment but it's all within the house but claire turns into the manager at this place called furniture city and mm-hmm. she like amps up her accent and just is like this is believable that theo's not her son because she is not backing down like you need credit to get furniture you need the yeah. snow you need this and money and then she's a manager of a restaurant which is in their kitchen and I guess she switches roles and plays a totally different character. Um, mm-hmm. She just, you bought into everything. And to this day, she's, a, I mean, she's a, f- a phenomenal actor. Um, yeah. And whenever I see her in a movie, I think she's in, in Creed, she's his mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's just, she still has that look that could she just, does. she just could throws those daggers or yeah. kindness. Yeah. Either one. Absolutely. But, yeah. And she call, also, you, you know, uh, she's a lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's actually how the show started. She's defending her daughter in a case, but like just a strong, proud female character. Yeah, I would, I 110% agree with you on that. Like she, she did, she was very authoritative, but in a sweet way. Um, and yeah, I, I, w- I would rank her right up there as well. Like she just, she seems like, yeah, she just seems like in, in the real world, uh, she would have been a phenomenal mom. She probably was. Like, I, I, I don't know. I would assume she has multiple children in, in real life. And But it seemed like, it seems like whenever characters play that role so well, it I think it has to be because that's who they are, in, sure. in a sense. Like, that there, there's a real, a realness to, to what they're playing, and that's why it connects with audience members. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um so do you have, and I would say that's another family show that we all watch, but then I do remember Nick at Night, that show mm-hmm. was on, and just watching it late night felt cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a, Do you have any honorable men- mentions for TV Mom? Well, that uh, Mrs. Huxtable definitely oh, okay. was one of them. Uh, but I also do have Harriet um, Winslow, which is Carl Winslow's wife. Okay. She... I feel like this the sweetness that uh, that Mrs. Uh, Huxtable had. She also had it, but she's it only came out every so often. Oh. She had a no nonsense intensity to her, and and I think similar to what you were saying about Mrs. Huxtable and Voldemort. Very <laughs> clearly, I feel like Harriet is behind the scenes, like guiding Carl. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it wasn't it wasn't identical to the way that you know the huxtables were i feel like there was more of a co co-parenting sort of uh, aspect to carl and harriet that okay. they they seemed more like they were um you know i just loved carl so much that it seemed like he had a good backup in harriet but even when when harriet had to you know, drop the hammer on things. She could totally do it. And her kids are just like, oh God, I got mom upset. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like uh, Harriet Winslow is is up there for me as a big honorable mention as well. Okay. I will go with Amy Matthews um, because she had to put up... At times, you know, Mr. Matthews was also a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, at Corey, she always took care, good care of Sean. Um, Eric went, Eric had a crazy story, but yeah, she was just always a a loving, strong mother who there were scenes that I remember where she would be like, she would just be really real with Corey. Yeah. And I think sometimes his dad had a, had a problem with that. Like there was a, an episode about a breakup and, and she just kept saying like, Corey, it's okay to move on and experience Mm -hmm. different things, which is hard for a mother to tell her son who's grieving. Um, but she just always felt like. 
she grounded everyone, but in a in a good way. If right. that makes yeah, if that yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. So. Yeah, I'll also give uh she wasn't a mother until later uh, episodes in Full House, but Becky, Aunt Becky, uh oh. who married Uncle Jesse. She, yeah. she came in and was like the first female kind of mother character to to all of the girls in Full House. You were so used to seeing Uncle Joey and Uncle Jesse and Danny Tanner. Right. So when when Becky Aunt Becky came in, she gave another uh, aspect to it that I feel like she was very motherly to the girls. Um, so that's that's the kind of like my last honorable mention to where she wasn't necessarily their moms, but she filled that role when needed. And I feel like it was at a time in later seasons where the girls were in their adolescence and teenage years. So it's like she came in right at a really good time for them. So yeah, Aunt Becky, all of her, similar to Voldemort, all of her college admission scandal stuff aside. I was going to say, isn't she in prison? <laughs> yeah. uh, she's probably out by now. I feel like okay. she didn't get much of a punishment. But, you know, I, I guess when push comes, push comes to shove, we're talking about her being a good motherly figure in this show. You do want the best for your kid. Maybe don't go about it in that way. But at the same time, it's kind of veiled as being a good mom. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. We just nobody, lost nobody all got of her. our mo- motherless. <laughs> yeah, Which nobody. is my own. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's where we could go one way or the other with this. And uh, best TV couple. I had a, a hard time with this. And I would agree with you that there were different different ways that you could go. But when I was looking back and we were putting this all together and I was going through just researching stuff online, I would have to say that Kevin Arnold and Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years were... You're going old school. I'm going old school. I'm going old school, like early shows that I watched back in the day. And the weird thing is, is we all know that those two didn't end up together. The final episode of that show... They clear spoiler like alert, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> Thirty year old spoiler alert. Um, like, but they didn't end up together, and they were so hot and cold and on and off throughout that whole series. But that show, especially with the voiceover work of Daniel Stern, um, you know, one of the sticky bandits himself, <laughs> you know, from Home Alone, <laughs> like he was such a good narrator in that. That I feel like Fred Savage's acting combined with Daniel Stern talking in such a reminiscent way about his first love that was Winnie Cooper. Like it was, I think that that, in my opinion, I really think that that's one of the best depictions of a true childhood crush is Wonder Years because it is on and off. It is, oh, she's dating my best friend now. Oh, we don't like each other now. Oh, this, this, like it was so... um, it was that gray area of a relationship and not this sunshine and, and rainbows that a lot of shows are. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to give it to Fred Savage and Danica McKellar, which I feel super bad that I had to play. I always knew Fred Savage cause he did sure. a lot of stuff after that show. Yeah. But, uh, Danica, like Winnie Cooper was her biggest one until, um, until she came back with like big bang theory. She had some, uh, cameos oh, okay. in that. But, yeah, she um, was in the West Wing on a couple episodes. I remember. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot about that too. Um, not, not to jump back to dads, but can we give like the scariest dad award out to oh, that dad from the yeah. Wonder Years? Yeah, Mr. I mean, Arnold was gosh. real intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. and I think that that was an interesting 
Because I do remember watching Wonder Years with my my parents. And I think it's because the Wonder Years was for them. It was it was based on growing up in the 70s. And okay. um, so I think it was it was far more relatable to them. But to me, it's just like they still depicted it in a way that you understood childhood things and childhood crushes and stuff. But you're 100% right. When I was looking up TV dads, um, I think it was, I think it's, actual cast name was jack arnold i believe but i feel like i refer to him as mr arnold because (laughs) oh you better yeah he was an intense dad and he ruled with an iron fist and you only had a couple occasions in that show where he showed a loving nature but it was always veiled through intensity (laughs) like it really was there's this intensity to it so i i agree i agree with you he gets the intense dad award (laughs) I think the Wonder Years, that's a great, great pick, um, especially given that childhood crush and yeah. and everything. I am, here's where we lose all of our, our viewers, Uh-oh. our viewers, our <laughs> listeners, um, both, I guess, uh, Corey and Lauren. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to admit, like that episode ski trip girl, Lauren and Corey had really good chemistry. Now, of course I don't, want that to happen in the end. I still will go Corey and Topanga. Mm-hmm. But Corey and Lauren, and everyone's so mad at Lauren, but Corey's the one who said his ankle still hurt and it didn't. Yeah. Like he wanted to be, and that's actually the, he wanted to be with Lauren. That's actually the episode when I talk about Amy Matthews. I didn't want to like, you know, have a spoiler of my couple, but that they're sitting at the table and she's like, go date Lauren. You don't have to date one person your whole life, which is tough to hear. Right. But I thought it really does sound like I'm picking Corey and Lauren. No, (laughs) I love Corey and Topanga. Of course, they're, um, those are actually some of the more, um, emotional episodes when they actually would like have their, their breakups, which didn't happen very often, but that's when you knew if it did like, Oh, what is going on? This is this is insane. No, they they can't break up. They're Corey and Topanga. Right. Um, I can just hear Sean saying that. Maybe actually I should have used Corey and Sean. It's <laughs> the best TV couple. Um, but yeah, I have to say to 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 everyone, they Corey and Topanga. Just watching them, it made me want to like have a a, a romance like that at yeah. school and at school dances and what i love too um well actually i'll save this about like when we talk about our cool guys so what what are you thinking for do you have a, a honorable mention for tv couple i feel like it, you like you said before we would be canceled if we don't mention it if you don't mention zach morris and kelly kapowski yes. <laughs> like that has to be up there like they they um i mean just they were the pinnacle couple in in Saved by the Bell. So like I, yeah, that without a doubt, they have to be a, a, an honorable mention. And uh, even going back to like, I do feel like the couple, I, I really like Jess, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky. Sure. I really like them as a couple too. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are like my two, my two uh, honorable mentions. How about you? Here's another one that make everyone turn it off. Zach <laughs> and Jesse. <laughs> so- oh, that was a very short lived one, but yeah. <laughs> Short-lived. I, I think it was they were trying out for a play, and she was Snow White, and he kissed her. And I think so. I, young David's mind was blown. Like, yeah, you didn't see other story story characters who had relationships kiss no. other people. No, um, you're you're a hundred percent right. And and wasn't it? Now that I think about it, wasn't it Zach that helped her um, 
when she hit rock bottom by taking caffeine pills. <laughs> yes, yes. So that also made them so even closer excited. because of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say Zach and Kelly for sure. Um, yeah. All time. If here's a okay, can I say this? Separ- if we're gonna separate them, Corey and Topanga were wholesome. Mm-hmm. Zach and Kelly were cool. I I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good depiction. And I I think that if you want to pull the cool factor back in, you do Jesse and um, Slater. Oh, that's what, yeah. like their relationship. They had. It's like they were they were so on and off, and they were just like really witty and sassy with each other. Like you could yeah. tell that they were a more intense couple, and that yeah, Zach and Kelly were more just like the sunshine and rainbows couple. So, but yeah, when you take Jesse and um, AC Slater, the cool factor goes through the roof. <laughs> well, and I think that's why they couldn't. Zach and Jesse would have never worked because AC Slater can handle. What Jesse, they can handle yes. each other. Yeah. Zach couldn't handle Jesse. No. Zach's, yeah, he's soft in comparison to Jesse. Yeah. yeah. For Sorry, sure. Mr. Morris. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, I wonder if this next topic will just roll right into the each other. Your, your best TV crush. So this is interesting because we briefly talked about this subject in our Valentine's episode. And your answer I, was amazing on that one, I will say. Uh, Pink Ranger. I, uh, yeah, but I've pivoted now because of oh. because of looking at mainly sitcoms and not yeah. thinking about like you know things like Power Rangers and stuff like that. I've pivoted to Kelly Bundy, Kelly Bundy, <gasps> Christina uh, Applegate. Yeah, Christina Applegate. I really dug her a lot. She had an intensity to her. I I I wasn't looking back. If you watch that show now, they made her so dumb and so just like. But at the same time, I was realizing, like, okay, wait, this whole show, even back then, they knew what they were doing. Like yeah. we said, worst dad, worst mom, worst son, worst daughter. <laughs> like, and so, like, that's why the show was good. So, um, but yeah, Christina Applegate is Kelly Bundy. Um, she she was my jam back then. Yeah, that's a really good one. I mean, Married it's with Children cut. was. A- <laughs> What's that? The deep, deep cut. Kelly. Oh deep yeah, cut, deep yeah. Cut. <laughs> Married with Children was always on late and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, yeah, young David would sit there and, and yeah, she had that beach blonde hair and yeah. like wore, uh, I don't know women's clothing, but like her belly button was showing. Yeah. She yeah. was always like wearing stuff like that, you know? And uh, yeah, she was, yeah, that's a great, that's a great pick. Um, I'm you? going wholesome. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Mrs. Applegate. Uh, I, I said in that Valentine's episode, Kelly Kapowski. Right. And I really did have a, a really a true crush on her. Same. But as that episode ended, I sat and really thought about it. And I was like, you really liked Topanga. Yeah. You had a crush on her. And she's, um, yeah, young David. And uh remember watching Boy Meets World. I was like, yeah, no, Topanga, um, she was cool. She was also not afraid to be out there, kind of. Yeah. Um, what do they call it? Like like Flower Girl-esque, you know? Right. Um, just, But she was beautiful, but true to herself, which I thought yeah. that was really cool. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of cool, best TV cool guy. So this was also another one that I, like, yeah, all these categories were really hard, but it also uncovered like a lot of different memories and things like that. Okay. And... Um, you know, of course, it's just like you're gonna you're gonna think of a lot of the people we've already mentioned. This like Zach Morris was cool, AC Slater was cool, like all these people were cool. Um, 
but I I feel like it has to be when I re- when push comes to shove, I really feel like it has to be Uncle Jesse from Full House. He's getting I a mean, lot of love in this episode. Yeah, Uncle Mr. Jesse. Mr. Stamos, I hope you're listening. Yeah, Mr. Stamos, uh, you know, maybe you should have been in my crush category. <laughs> <laughs> but he had such cool hair. He rode a motorcycle. He was in a band. Leather he was jacket. best Yeah, he was a best friends with the Beach Boys. Like yeah. he was just he was so cool. He had like, catchphrases too. He Capiche. did have mercy. Have <laughs> you know, mercy. <laughs> like yeah. it was and he I feel like he connected the most with the girls in that show too. Like he he was the cool uncle. So to me, like that's why he kind of rose to the top as being the cool guy is because he just I mean, John Stamos as Uncle Jesse just had this this swagger to him and and his obsession with Elvis and stuff like yes. that was a lot of fun. And it got cheesy at times. Like there was I think there was one episode where he was getting a record deal, but it was dependent on the song he was gonna make. And so he kind of like angrily drove his his motorcycle into the darkness, you know, uh, <laughs> similar to Rocky and his Ferrari in the fourth movie, <laughs> you know. But he, instead of having like a cool sequence of like a training montage of Rocky, you have Uncle Jesse going to a diner where he thinks he's meeting the undead Elvis. <laughs> oh. and, and Elvis gives him some pointers as to the, the getting a record deal <sighs> and focusing on family and music. So there was cheesiness, but he still, the cool factor still rose to the top with Uncle Jesse for me. So Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was really cool. Oh, yeah. I, I, they had to have that because Uncle Joey was funny. Right. Uh, Danny Tanner was the, the, the heart of it. And then you yeah. needed that cool factor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He's on my list as an honorable mention for sure. Because I, I was like, oh, Uncle Jesse was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. If Danny Tanner's America's dad, like mm-hmm. we, we, he wasn't maybe our our top pick. Like the cool guy was Zach Morris. Yeah, he was super cool. The blonde hair, the big phone he would always carry, the way he would talk <laughs> his way out of things. Yeah, he he had like a swagger, but it wasn't really swagger back then. He was just like cool, but he also made it seem kind of relatable. Absolutely. Um, even though he was like, he is extremely uh, good looking and charming. He just still made you feel like you're along this ride with him. Yeah. So let's see if this works. Time out. Time in. Holy crap, it works. <laughs> <laughs> that could work for both the visual and audio uh, media. <laughs> that <show. laughs> I was hoping you'd go with it. Oh, that was, you know, for all the watchers, you know, viewers or listeners, that was an unplanned segment that worked out well. <laughs> That was. And also for anyone, they, you're going to get a YouTube of just Eric and photoshopped Uncle Jesse, like watching, walking on the beach or something. Just be prepared. Oh, um, some sort of he's actually going to put Uncle Jesse's face on mine, I think. That's what he's going to do for this. Um, I have to give a shout out to my uh, Kirk Cameron in Growing Pains. Yeah. Go back and rewatch those clips. He was extremely cool, but like he wore the goofiest outfits. And I don't know if that was just cool back then, but he would be playing air guitar on the couch, making it look awesome. But he dressed like like an eighty year old man. Yeah, um, yeah. But he he was always had his schemes. He always had his way of getting out of things. Always cooking something up. Like loved Kirk Cameron. Um, I think I've got to give. The nod as best TV cool guy for me growing up. If we're already giving Zach Morris like the trophy, 
Kirk Cameron gets another a trophy as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. All, everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> I can't pick a winner. You get a trophy. I, you get a trophy. Yeah, I I feel like I'm on the same boat as you. That like, if you're gonna give Zach Morris a trophy, AC Slater needs a trophy. Oh yeah. Like, cause he also cool hair, jacked, wrestler. Yeah, wrestler, yeah. Jack. Like he was just. You know, in a fight, that oh. AC Slater would hand Zach Morris his butt, yes. <laughs> like in a heartbeat. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, he he gets an honorable mention trophy as well. What I liked about your pick of Uncle Jesse is that he's a little older. He's not yeah. these younger guys that I no. have on my list. I do have an honorable nod for an older guy as well. Um, another show I watch on Nick at Night, Sam Mayday Malone from Cheers, oh, is yeah? one of the coolest. I mean, act uh, characters. He's a bartender. He's yeah. talking. He's funny. He's charming. I mean, Ted Danson. It's oh. interesting because now he's he's older and he plays more of a comedic role. He's but still in that cool show, looking. He's very cool. He's still I'd cool looking. Mr. Having Danson. that, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, because even now that he's all white, but still has that old school Cheers hair. Yeah. Like and. He, you're hundred percent right. He, he deserves, he deserves, give him a trophy. Give that give man a trophy. trophy. Um, because even just the way he'd flip a towel over his shoulder, like he just, oh, yeah. yeah, he didn't even have to have a line. He was right. cool. Yeah. And we talked about things about how just story arcs, how crazy was it to hear that this character is a bartender yeah. who suffers from alcohol addiction? Absolutely. Yeah. Just insane. Um, my last. Do you have any other uh, any more honorable mentions for cool guy? Yeah, my last one is a very. It's a deep cut. If people are true family matters friends, is Stefan Urkel. Um, oh, the transformation! <laughs> yeah, when he went into the. the <laughs> that was a straight up. That was a porta potty. That was a porta potty <laughs> that they that. just put some bells and whistles on. But when he <laughs> Jaleel White to be able to see him not be Urkel, you're like, oh my god. I didn't realize it was the same guy when I yeah. was a kid. I did not realize that at all. Oh, I didn't either. No way, because yes. he looks bigger. He looks like an athlete. Yeah, and it, I think it's, yeah, he's not hunched over. He's not wearing his <laughs> pants up to his armpits. So, yeah, right. I think it's stretched him out. But, um, yeah, he he talked cool. He was suave. He was, yeah, so Stefan Urkel. <laughs> what, I, you know? what I love, too, is he got, like, any girl who didn't like Urkel, mm-hmm. when he would do the Stefan, they were like, oh my gosh, he's so dreamy. Yeah. I just love, love that. Um, I have to give a shout out to Sean Hunter. Mm. Um, my mom's not going to like this. Mom, My mom didn't like Sean Hunter. Um, we can't lose your mom as a listener. She's I an know. avid listener. <laughs> she probably, she might even like Bill Murray. And if she does, she is out of here. I, oh, I knew I, I liked un- your mom. I haven't even met her and I love her now. <laughs> can, can I unsubscribe people? <laughs> uh, so Sean Hunter, the reason I liked Sean is because I was always Corey. I mm. was not the cool guy. I was not the smooth getaway with wearing a leather jacket and having that. that I'm holding my hands up like because my I'm showing like a, that middle part where your hair hangs down on both sides. Yeah. Couldn't pull that off. I you know core. I was Corey, um, but Sean always just was, reminded me of my other friends that I wanted to have friends like. You yeah. know, schemes, getting into trouble, almost being a bad influence at times, mm-hmm. but having still that swagger to be able to go say hi to a girl. Sean yeah. made it look so easy. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Here's one. I Here's one I, I need. You you have to sing. Oh, it has to be. Best and I, I'm TV realizing, theme song. Best TV theme song. And I'm realizing... <laughs> Uh, like, I, I want to put this in our YouTube channel, but I'm just like, YouTube's going to flag us. So I'm like, how do I sing it <laughs> oh, to where copyright. we... copyright. 
<laughs> Dang YouTube. Um, but I, I feel like it goes back to a topic we just touched on. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Oh, it's so Cheers. good. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. It's so good. Like, and just sometimes you want to go, go where, where everybody, everybody knows your name. Yes. Boom, boom. It's that song is so good. Like, I, yeah. I would listen to that just on repeat. Just especially it's like we're recording this on a Friday. It's just one of those things that I feel like I should put that in my adult playlist of just like every day at, when I'm done with work on a Friday, the Cheers theme song should just hit and hit hard. <laughs> you know, like I just, yes. I loved that song so, so much. It was so good. I can't, I, I, it's, if you're having a bad day, yeah, listen to that song. It's incredible. And then it sets the tone. Um, for me, this is actually, so my mom was actually listening to the song just randomly. And I was like, what's that <laughs> sounds so familiar. What song is that? And she's like, I don't know. And so I like, you know, got the lyrics and all that. As long as we got each other. Growing Pains. Mm -hmm. That yeah. intro song, like my wife and I will just listen. It's on my liked songs from my Spotify playlist. Yeah. And I don't skip it. If it comes on, we're, we're just jamming out to that. Um, and then, so everyone who knows me who's listening to this, I can listen to a song a million times and I won't know three words of it. Um, uh, I'm so bad with lyrics. So that's why I stopped after going that, what I just sang. <laughs> um, but this other song, when I heard it as a kid too, uh, wake up in the morning. And it's oh, up. yeah. Yeah. And the bus fly by. It's all right. Mm -hmm. You know, the Saved by the Bell theme. How does that not get you going? Of, yeah. Especially just like it had a cool guitar part to it. Like it was just like a punk rock sort of song. Yeah. 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 It was classic. So as a kid, it, it'd have to be for me Saved by the Bell because it was just so energetic. It had the yeah. pink and the neon flashing in the background. It's all right. Yeah, I just love that one. Um, and then I think as an adult, though, I listened to the Growing Pain song a lot. Yeah, yeah. So what are some honorable... We have to have a couple honorable mentions on this, I think. There's oh, one in sure. particular. If we don't mention it, we will get canceled, I feel. I, I feel like both Full House and Family Matters were really good, too. Give me um, some Full House. Uh, everywhere, uh, yeah. Are. Everywhere, there's a heart, there's a heart, <laughs> a hand to hold on <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, and even the opening, I feel like I can see the opening sequence of them driving across the Golden Gate Bridge yeah. and then being in front of those cool houses and having a picnic and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that was a classic. And then Family Matters, wasn't Family Matters, it starts off, doom. Whatever happened to predictability? Yeah. Wait, no. Is is that? Or am I blending oh, wait, that with Full family, House? That's Full House. That is Full House. Because they're talking about the paper boy. Oh, what is, evening oh, the, TV. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm blending those together. Fam, what is Family Matters? Oh, this is going to be bad. The listeners are just peeling off left and right. Oh. <laughs> It'll come to me. We'll, we'll be fan. like 20 minutes more deep into this episode talking about another topic and I'll just rip it out. <laughs> but I, one of the other ones that was a big one was Wonder Years because it was, oh, yeah. I get by with a little help from my friends. Like it was just like, it, it was already an established song that was just really classic. Um, so yeah, but I did, the, the, the era of 80s and 90s sitcoms, they would write the song just for the show. 
Sure. And so all you know of that song is that show. Right. That's it, period. And it's just, I think it's imprinted in your brain because not only did you know the song, but then you saw, you know, the actors have their, you know, I'm doing something over here. And then all of a sudden they're just like, and John Stamos. And he just like smiles at the camera. <laughs> like it, it had the same order to it that every time you watched it, every single day you watched it, it just repeated that cycle. So yeah, I, I theme songs of that era were just, we don't do that anymore. There's really not right. theme songs that are unique to the show anymore. Yeah. Well, and they have that skip intro now, you know, yes. on, yeah. on streaming. So that's, you know. Yeah, kids these days can bypass the <laughs> the entrance music, yeah. I'm going to totally butcher this, so just be prepared. Uh, <laughs> but Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, my goodness. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It was Philadelphia, born and raised <laughs> on the playground. <laughs> where I spent most of my days. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's, again, right? They wrote him and Jazzy J, Jazzy Jeff wrote that. Jazzy yeah. Jeff. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that is definitely, I think, much like you said before, that if there's ones that will get us canceled for not saying Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Full House. I, I feel like yeah. it's something that <laughs> even people our age into their 80s and 90s, I think if you walk down the hallway of a future senior citizen home, you're going to hear a millennial singing, it was Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. born and raised. Like, and if you just... don't, Will Smith will slap you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, that's totally true. What um, about uh, best TV funny guy? This this was a, also a tough one. And I actually had to break this down into funny female and funny male. Okay. Um, so uh, like I, uh, this is a category that I'm going a little bit, it's not in, it, it, like I, I was trying to spread the, the love of TV shows of that era. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I can't list ones more than once, but there are ones that I clearly am infatuated with. But then I realized that like, I would have to say, and this is our third Voldemort in this show, <laughs> oh, but, no. Kramer, but Kramer, Cosmo oh, Kramer. No. Yeah. <laughs> Kramer in the era of Seinfeld, not Kramer in the past 10 years. Let's clarify that, folks. <laughs> He's made poor decisions. Yes. Um, but it's hard not to realize that, one, when I was a kid and you watch Seinfeld, the only funny part was Kramer. That's the yeah. only part as a kid that I could understand. Nobody yeah. else was funny. Right. It, but two, now as an adult, you start to realize that like, oh, okay, I can relate now to George. I can relate to Jerry. I can relate to Elaine. But back then, Kramer was the funny guy. That he could just bar just barging into Jerry's apartment and the way his hair would kind of flick and he <laughs> like his mannerisms and... Just the physical acting of him, uh, I think Michael, yeah, Michael Richardson, like, uh, or Michael Richards. I just feel like he didn't have to say anything and he was hilarious to me as a kid. So, oh, yeah. Great, great body language acting and presence oh, and his, his erratic yeah. movements. And he'd act like he was falling, but he wasn't. And like Jerry and George just sitting on the couch, but he just, he made it seem so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. being around other actors, like you said, with Jerry and George, that like, they weren't physical physical comedians in the right. least. Like they didn't right. do anything with their bodies. So for them to pair uh, Kramer into it was, yeah, it was brilliant. And he yeah. was he was hilarious. 
Yeah, because Jerry was pretty like you know we know, all know Jerry Seinfeld's humor is kind of not dry, but like it's not a it's not like yelling or cursing no. or thing. No, and George was you know. Just what do you mean? This, yeah. <laughs> what What's mean? the deal? <laughs> Where are my socks? <laughs> oh man, sorry, Mr. Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Kramer had to use like his physical presence and his hair, and he was just kind of like that. The oddball. Um, that's a really, that's a really good, good one. Going with Seinfeld. Okay, um, I'm gonna go back to Boy Meets World though. Mm-hmm. Um, and the character I'm actually picking is kind of interesting because he didn't start out this way. I'm choosing Eric Matthews, mm. but Eric Matthews when he started out in the show was the cool guy. He was the cool older brother, and he was smart. He he wasn't. He, he did become like kind of dumb, funny. And I thought yeah. as a kid though, I that was really enjoyed that humor still but um he was always just like more forgetful running into doors he didn't care really about dating as much which young eric matthews did but he just wanted to be they 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 just really transitioned him to the comedic element slapstick humor all all basically a lot of humor he had that he did develop a really funny relationship with mr feeney and just hearing him yell feeney feeney (laughs) you know um so he just makes me laugh and smile um so I'd have to go with him as my my number one. So you went kind of you went with a with Seinfeld. What are some of your your honorable mentions? So right up there with with Kramer, I would also have to say that the 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 funny female from that mm. era was Phoebe and Friends. Oh sure, like, Phoebe was just so funny. Lisa Kudrow just, I mean, if you think about it, in Friends. She was one of the only characters that connected with all of the other characters. That yeah. if they needed comic relief, chances are Phoebe was there. Like she was just there. And um, so, yeah, I, I loved her humor. I loved her just kind of that she thought she was like this, you know, you'd have thought that she was just like, you know, this record breaking musician that everybody should fawn over, but she was tone deaf. <laughs> And was a horrible guitar player, but she was confident. And that was what was so funny about her humor is that she just, she had this, this naive confidence and, uh, and just had different funny one-liners. Like I remember there being one episode where I can't think if it was Rachel or Monica asked her if she has a plan and she goes, I don't even have a plan. <laughs> and I think she's laying on the floor and just like like in her PJs that she's just like I don't even have a pl. So I, I I think about that from time to time. That a lot of a lot of times in my adult life, yeah, when you think you have a plan, you don't even have a pl. <laughs> I think in a, if there if the multiverse is real, I think somewhere Kramer and Phoebe are married. I can and see that living and thriving, and not they're not racist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not not Phoebe. But yeah, she's not a racist. But no, I, that's cool. You chose two kind of those side oddball characters um, yeah. to bring in that humor. Yeah. And very necessary characters in both of those shows. If you didn't have Kramer and you didn't have Phoebe, those shows, Seinfeld and Friends, would be very, very different. Just very yeah. different. I think for my honorable mentions for guys is, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor mm. and his kind of humor. He's the tool guy, but he... 
yet cannot operate uh, a tool on his own show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just something to that level, and it's it's Tim Allen. I mean, he makes you laugh, he makes you smile, and yeah. uh, you know, he him and the neighbor across the street when they have their little problem solving Wilson. sessions. Yeah, Wilson, Wilson. Yeah, I just thought Tim the tool. He still is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then you know, as much as I love Will Smith, I think Carlton was hilarious he was. in that show. Yeah, yeah. And his dancing. Yeah, his dancing. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, so those are some of my honorable mentions. For If I were to split this up um, and think of like a, a female, I always, always remember the, the youngest daughter in the Cosby show, uh, Ruby Huxtable. Oh, yeah. She had really just great timing forever how young she was. And when kids deliver those funny lines, like, you know, it can go one way or the other. Kids say the darnest things. Uh, <laughs> she she nailed it. And a lot of times she'd kind of be like the boss child, like yeah. uh, kind of give have some control. But yeah, I, I could see her being in, in that for me for TV funny uh, female. Now we've been laughing. Now we're going to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best TV show emotional moment. I feel like that this was a big thing in our era of television. There was always some sort of an episode that pivoted from nonstop, you know, kind of sitcom humor to trying to teach you a life lesson uh, hidden in the show or just very blatantly in the show. So for me, uh, I, this goes back to love for uh, for John Stamos as Uncle Jesse. Uh, he his grandfather his he it was the only time in the show that the character showed up. His name was Papuli. He came yeah. all the way from Greece, you know, and of course he shows up in San Francisco, and within twenty four hours the poor man dies. Oh god! <laughs> like that was all, like the whole show. It's like you never see this guy show up on Full House, and then he he dies, but. In a show where you don't ever real like we talked about it in the beginning of the episode, that that the show was established with Danny Tanner losing his wife and having, you know, having the uncles come in to help take care of things. But you never experienced that loss. You didn't know who the character was that was his wife. So with this show, uh, to have the grandfather of Uncle Jesse come in and to pass away, like there was like there's a scene in it where they're sitting at the kitchen table. And they're talking about that he passed away in his sleep. And and they're all being emotional. And Uncle Jesse is playing it cool. He's mm-hmm. hardened. He's, he talks about, oh, I, and he gets up out of his chair when everybody starts getting emotional. It's like, oh, I got to go do this. I got to plan this. I got to make arrangements and stuff like that. And he shows no emotion. He's, he's agitated, if anything. Okay. And but, but little young Michelle, who connected with Papuli, like she also tries to be tough too. And she's the littlest girl. And, and there's a scene at the very, uh, towards the end of the show where her and uncle Jesse have a dialogue just between the two of them. And she, she looks at uncle Jesse and says, uncle Jesse, is it okay to cry? And he breaks down and says, you bet. And hugs her. And you see the cool guy of TV cry. I think that that is really awesome. That they, that the, the, just to be able to show young boys and young girls that it's just like, it doesn't matter if you're the cool guy on the show or if you're the comic right. relief, when emotion comes around knocking on your door, everybody cries, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, I know now why you cry. Uncle Papuli, <laughs> or Papuli is dead. 
<laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, that was yeah something about seeing the cool guy in 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 TV cry was was a big one for me. How about you? You know, I've got to say, there's a memory of Uncle Jesse that uh, resonates. What's the middle daughter's name again? Um, Stephanie. Stephanie. And yeah. uh, she and her friend are sitting doing their homework up in her room, and the kids like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When my yeah, that that happens too. And then my dad goes off of me. He hits me, and mm. she goes, "What?" And she goes, "Yeah, he hits me. Doesn't your dad hit you?" And this and, and like she, a couple scenes later, Stephanie and Uncle Jesse are at, at her desk, and she goes, "You know, what if I don't tell someone, uh, or what if I tell someone what's going to happen to him?" And Uncle Jesse goes, "What's going to happen to him if you don't tell someone?" Oh, and yeah. um, just a really powerful scene of of uh like you said this cool guy this character but he he got on the level and he yeah. was like we need to take take care of this it was a beautiful scene um so yeah i would have to say my scene though even to this day it still gets me when we see sean hunter kind of join this cult called center mm-hmm. and um his teacher mr turner uh, he was also kind of a cool the cool guy of the show he had the bike uh, motorcycle and all that well he ends up getting in that motorcycle accident and he's just laying there in the bed, his head's all wrapped. And, and like this, the guy from center is like, Sean, come back. We'll embrace you. We love you. Even though they had just met him and they're mm-hmm. brainwashing him and Corey's there, Mr. Matthews is there. And he's like, I love you. You're my son. Like, don't do this, you know? And, and Sean eventually, Sean had a lot of rough, rough moments and, and a, a rough, Mom, he had a rough childhood. <laughs> um, and just watching, though, a guy who was wanting to adopt Sean and, like, be that father figure for him. Yeah. It was just heartbreaking. Um, and then, honestly, we never saw Mr. Turner ever again. Uh, he didn't die. He came back in the in the new show, Girl Meets World. <laughs> but, yeah, I just remember always just wanting to watch Sean. Always want to just, like, wake up, Sean. Like, snap out of this, dude. They don't care about you. Right. But he needed, he just, he found something to fill that void. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was so young, so confused. You know, there's another episode where he was drinking and Mm. just, like, starting to spiral down that hill. And, yeah, but he, he's, he's, John Hunter, you're doing well. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So do you have some, some runner-ups honorable mentions yeah there are some that are more happy moments where it's just like you know people didn't have to die didn't have to die um <laughs> but still would get you in like the just the heartstrings yeah. that there was uh, there's an episode of family matters that um that i think it's uh is Ed, i think eddie is eddie the oldest boy i think that's his name um he in one of the later uh, like he's he's fully grown up he's out graduated from high school i think he's uh, well, the whole conversation with Carl is that he comes down into the kitchen and is sits down at the dining room table and tells his tells Carl that he doesn't want to go to college. And Carl, like we said, is an authoritative dad that's like, uh-uh, I've worked hard in a middle-class job. You're going to school. What are you doing? He starts going off on him. And then he like pulls out some notes that he made because he's, he's getting flustered because Carl's getting flustered at him. And he tells Carl... Uh, that he wants to have a job where n- no two days are alike and that he can kind of uh, be able to help people and give back. And uh, and and Carl says something along the lines of, what, you know, what job, what fairy tale job could possibly do that? And he tells Carl, 
it's it's your job, Dad. I want to be mm. a police officer. And Carl, all of Carl's guard and every the intensity of like a dad being like, my kid's not going to, I can't believe he's not going to school, drops. And then this just excitement and, and proud nature of a father comes out in him. Um, so that was, yeah, that's a very emotional scene that, uh, yeah, you know, people didn't have to, to die. It's more of a father-son moment that felt very pure and very yeah. real and and was so late in the show that you knew the relationship that he had with his son. Um, so it, it felt more real to me to, to save that for much further down the line in that show. Absolutely. I think uh, I will go with an uplifting one as well then. Uh, it's another, a lot of mine are, I loved Growing Pains and Boy Meets World. So they kind of um, just resonate a ton with these these categories. But Corey, uh, Topanga's moving, to, her dad, her family's moving to Pittsburgh. You're coming with us. Like, you're, Topanga, you cannot stay back. This this love that we got to watch between Corey and Topanga is now over. Because mm-hmm. um, she moves to Pittsburgh. And Corey's sitting at the table, and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. And Corey's, like, been really anxious and stressed. And, you know, it seems good when you can't see, like, the other side until the door opens. And it's raining. And there was Topanga. You know, basically, like, I didn't go. And, I, you know, it was one of those shows that had the lot, the clapping and all that. I mean, yeah. It just was, I still remember that day, her just standing there and they embrace. And it's like, ah, they're going to, and and then though, I think it was Amy Matthews who was like, so what are you going to do? Like, where are you going to stay? How are you going to figure yeah. this out? You know, like kind of getting, grounding everyone, but very, very cool, uh, cool scene to just have, you know, heartbreak's tough, but to have yeah. that not happen. Um until Lauren came along, but uh, <laughs> wait a minute, it's not Lauren's fault. It's fault. Um, you know, we talked about Jesse and in the Say by the Bell with the pill scene. Um, I, you know, Will not being wanted. We talked about that scene. I think those are some of the biggest moments um, uh, in history as regards to emotional. I have to say again, spoiler alert too. Uh, with you talked about friends, I rewatched this scene so many times where we think. Rachel got on the plane mm-hmm. and Ross is on the phone and then the door and we don't, again, we don't see that character until the final moment. It's like, I didn't get on the plane and ju- I'm getting chills right now yeah. because the whole audience cheers and it's like, yeah. whether they were on a break or not, which yeah. we could do a whole episode on. Um, That's true. They got back together, at least in that scene. And it was just yeah. wonderful. So. Yeah. I, uh, now that you even mentioned that, that was something that, I do feel like uh, even as a kid watching, for I was, you know, I wasn't necessarily a kid. I was more of like a, a teenager when the final kind of episodes of Friends hit. There is something that it hit me at the time as an emotional uh, scene, an emotional episode. But now as an adult, when you rewatch it, it's even more emotional. It's just the yeah. final episode of them leaving the apartment. Oh, yeah. There is something about, especially when you get older, you remember those moments in your life that were transitional moments where you lost people. You didn't right. want to lose them, but just your natural progression into adulthood, you lose people. Um, whether you lose them completely or you just become disconnected and become distant because you just go on about your your life. So you get married, you have kids and all that sort of stuff. That there, There's a reality that they depicted in that final uh, episode that is super emotional. It really is. And I think as you get older, it becomes more emotional. 1000% agree. Yeah. All right. We're not on it. We The last two uh, are like the Super Bowl of topics. It's true. Are you ready to throw down with your 
best TV show episode? This also, much like all the other categories, was very hard to pick. And I had to do a lot of research because I remembered certain fragments of things. Okay. Just because, you know, your childhood memories can be patchy and stuff like that. But I'm going to go in the category of what I just thought as a kid was just so fun and so over the top was going back again to a Family Matters show or Family Matters episode that it was a crossover episode where... Carl and Urkel were at wit's end with each other. And the only way to settle the bet or to settle the disagreement was to go on American Gladiators. <laughs> oh, what? Talk about a crossover of all crossovers that you have oh. Urkel and Carl against each other in a real American Gladiators with the real gladiators, the real announcers, the theme music, all that stuff. It, the show was pretty much an like an American Gladiators episode. It, it, and... So to see as a kid two shows that I absolutely loved combined together uh, and them to do all the same, like they did the joust, they did the eliminator, they did all of the things that are really on American Gladiators was just, was so much fun. <laughs> and it was, it was so over the top and just so crazy. And uh, I don't remember as, as it fully, the details as a kid, but when I looked it up for the show, that even when they were announcing their two names, you know, all of the gladiators had names like Turbo and Diamond and Nitro, like super over the top names. <laughs> right. That uh, when Carl introduced himself, it was Carl Bone Crusher Winslow yes. <laughs> and Steve Hurricane Urkel. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, like spoiler alert, folks, the show ends. They are neck and neck, they tie as they cross the eliminator finish line. It's so funny because it's like Carl hits the finish line ribbon with his belly because he's a big guy. <laughs> and Urkel hits it because he's stumbling and his nose hits it. Um, and it's a it's a dead-on tie. So it's like the first time ever that there's an American Gladiators tie. And at the finish line, they work out their differences and they hug each other. And Urkel actually says that he loves him and he calls him big guy in a lot of the shows. So he's like, I love you, big guy. But even Carl can't stomach saying he loves Steve Urkel. <laughs> So he was just like something, you know, very, uh, he, he kind of dodged it by being like, yeah, you know, I think a lot about you too. And they <laughs> hugged each other and the credits roll. But that was in my child brain, American Gladiators and Carl Winslow and Steve Urkel all together was just mind blowing to me. And so 90s, so 90s. <laughs> sure. I think that's so fitting that you chose something that blends two of your favorite things mm -hmm. because I did as well. Oh, nice. I'm curious about this. I'm a big Disney guy. Love the parks. Love Disney. Boy Meets World in an episode, they went to Disney oh. for a school trip. Young David saw Corey and Sean wake up. They were sleeping in the Splash Mountain ride, mm -hmm. and then they got to go down the ride. Like, they slept in the park, and that's how they woke up. The ride went down. Uh-huh. I mean, just the coolest blend. And to watch my favorite characters walk around my favorite park and experience things, it was like, oh, my gosh, Boy, Me Boy Meets World's at Disney. Yeah, that's um, cool. You know, even now, I, yeah, there's a... Uh, they they have dinner in a restaurant where there's that big aquarium and people are swimming in it and mm -hmm. it's just like just the coolest coolest uh, blend of two things I love so and I always wanted to do that like wake up in Disney and ride yeah. that ride after watching Corey 
Corey and Sean do it. And it's the it's the slope part of the ride. So, you know, they get splashed and everything. And I think they say like, oh, we don't need a shower. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just as hilarious. I'm pretty sure so. if in the real world you were able to pull that all off as an adult, you'd be it'd be the first and last time because you'd be banned from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> For life. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be worth it, though. <laughs> do you have a, another uh, honorable mention episode? Um, it's in the same vein of like, of seeing two worlds collide, that there was a single episode that wasn't a great episode, but I do remember as a kid, Steve Urkel knocking on the door of the Tanner residence and uncle Jesse answering the door. Like, so to see Urkel and Jesse do their taglines together was like, what is going on? Like that's the, multiverse crossover yeah, level. Yeah, that's the invention of the multiverse <laughs> right there in Family Matters and Full House. Um, yeah, if you thought seeing, spoiler alert, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come through <laughs> Doctor Strange's portals. Um, yeah, seeing Urkel knock on the door and come through the front door of the Tanner residence was mind-blowing oh, as yeah. a 90s kid. So yeah, that that would be my, my, my biggest honorable mention. It's just, it's the same vein though, just... Like you don't, you don't think about that as a kid that you think that like these are separate shows and separate worlds and stuff like that. But yeah, multiverse is a, it's a good way to put it because it really is. It was, it was great. It was so cool for a kid in the nineties. I have another, um, Boy Meets World episode. It's kind of in their later series and they all get in a big fight and they flash forward like 20 years and it's Mr. Feeney's reunion. Uh, retirement party mm. and Corey and Topanga Corey's like a lawyer or an actuarist um, Topanga I think is a stay at home mom they all kind of done their own thing Sean is a writer They none of them speak to each other though Sean and Corey haven't spoken in 20 years um, uh, Sean's love interest at the time they haven't spoken uh, Matthew Lawrence he's like a big time billionaire who's just like all about his money but then Eric Matthews he's a hermit and he's dressed like Noah's Ark and he comes in and like gets this huge pop because everyone's like, oh my God, that's Eric. Mm-hmm. The, the, the audience, not the, the family members are like, Eric? Yeah. And he goes, Vina, Vina. Oh, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's just hilarious. And he's got a sucker under his long, long beard that probably goes to his chest. And he would like take out the sucker, lick it a couple times, nestle it back into his beard. Um, <laughs> just these, this, these outlandish moments. And um, he has a giant book and he goes, that's me manifesto. And he goes, read it, Jack. And, and Corey goes, this is like 8,000 pages long. And Jack goes, 8,000 blank pages. There's only one sentence in here. And it was uh, basically like, Lose one friend, lose all friends, lose mm. yourself. And just a really funny segment that ended in such a a, a tone that was like, yeah, yeah you because they were all pranking each other and and it was it ended up being like a dream sequence, right? Yeah. And like they got to relive that pranking moment, like make amends and all that. But something uh, just an episode I will I continuously will watch because I just think Eric's so funny in it. Yeah. So it must be why you have a co-host named Eric. I can see the connection. (laughs) Are you going to be a hermit in 20 years doing this podcast with me? It could be. You never know how the universe will (laughs) will pivot. Licking Uh, a sucker and nestling it back into your beard. Save that for the the I got the beard going already, so yeah. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Best TV show. So 
this is interesting because I feel like for people who've made it through the episode, it should be obvious, I think, yeah. based on references that I've made. But I've made references pretty hard to a couple different shows. But I've intentionally throttled back in certain parts <laughs> just for this part so I wouldn't let the cat out of the bag. But to me, my pinnacle show, even though I loved so many things from that era, has to be Home Improvement. Home Improvement is my Mount Everest. Like it is the pinnacle sort of thing that Tim the Toolman Taylor combined with all the characters of just the three boys and Jill. He had Al Borland as his co-host. <laughs> he had, you know, Wilson as his like wise neighbor that you only saw the upper half of his face. Like there were just so like all the Halloween episodes, the Christmas episodes, the themed sure. episodes of that show were so cool and so over the top that I just, uh, you know, I guess what I'm surprised by when I was thinking about this and putting my notes together is that, Carl, like I said before, Carl Winslow taught me life lessons. Tim the Toolman Taylor didn't. <laughs> but Tim the Toolman Taylor made me cry laughing all the time. Yeah. And that... I give so much credit to a lot of these other shows, but there is something about humor and it's why I liked, I disguise a lot of my own emotions through humor mm. is like, I just, I don't know. I connect with humorous people and, and Tim, the Toolman Taylor, you can't get f funnier to me as a nineties character sure. than Tim, the Toolman Taylor. Cause he was just, yeah, the physical comedy, the, the moments where he did have fatherly moments every every once in a while and stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, it was just, he was a big kid, like we said before. It's like, you know, poor Jill Taylor wasn't only taking care of three boys. She was taking care of a fourth one. Um, but yeah, Home Improvement was the big one for me. And I think it's I think it's also because I watched it a lot with my, my family. It was a family sure. affair. Um, so that that is my pinnacle one. And uh, I'll, st I'll stand by it. Uh, I'll stand by it. I want your best Tim Allen impression right now. Yeah, that's the hardest one. Is so it in the theme? Because the theme song of that had no lyrics. It right. was like it was kind of like Seinfeldish, but it was like clanking noises and stuff. Tool sounds. The, and stuff. Yeah, tool yeah. sounds. And then the only part that you get is at the end was. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah. So I. Uh, yeah. Oh. I What's just love Tim the uh, Taylor. Give me your your Urkel impression. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a piece of cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that? Yeah. I kind of am going to swerve a little bit too because I think a lot of people oh. would say maybe Boy Meets World. I was thinking maybe, you were heading towards Boy Meets World, yeah. Yeah, or maybe even Growing Pains. But I think the show I watched the most and had the most fondest memories of was Saved by the Bell. Mm. It was on in the mornings. It was on after school. That's That theme song when it plays, getting to watch the coolest guy, Zach Morris, do his thing. And then these other really awesome characters um, – it just still resonates with me. Uh, I wanted to be at the max. I, yeah. you know, I wanted to just be in high school and just have standby lockers and and yeah. and participate in everything they got to do. It's so funny. We talked about shows with these families, like 
to me, they didn't even have parents. Yeah. <laughs> they just lived at school or the max, and that was yeah. what it was. And now that I think, you're right. Did they ever have? I, I don't, don't remember anybody's remember. parents. Like, who's helping Jesse other than <laughs> Zach? You know what I mean? Yeah, I but, feel like the only figure you had was Mr. Belding as the principal. Mr. Belding. That yeah. was the only like kind of parental figure. Yeah. And the teachers would kind of help here and there. Yeah. Never to the Feeney effect, but um, I, it's a show that I've just, well, ah, regrettably maybe have followed in the, like I did watch the college years. I yeah. watched them go off to like... I think they did the wedding in Vegas or the Hawaiian wedding. One of those. Yeah. I, I stuck through all that, but I think it's like the classic early years of Saved by the Bell um, just still still hit home for me. So. Yeah, I, I watched I watched Saved by, Saved by the Bell religiously as well. And all the way through the college years, like I, I yeah. just, I fully adopted that show. However, I, I have not watched any of the new stuff. Oh, it, yeah. it, the early stuff meant so much to me and then I started to wane a little bit on the college years, but I still watched all the college years. Um, yeah, there's something very uh, imprinted on me as a kid in that watching that, it, I agree with you, it made you want to be in high school. It made you yeah. think that high school was so cool. And then you kind of realize once you got to high school that you were sold a little bit of a bill of goods. <laughs> yeah. like, Wait, Wait a second, I'm, this is bait and switch. <laughs> I'm actually Screech in high school. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. How, how am I not, <laughs> not AC Slater in, in this <laughs> equation? This makes no sense. Um, yeah, it's true. But it, yeah, there was something about a show that was solely depicted either in in the high school, in the max, or in uh, um, Zach's room. Like right. those were the three spots that you saw that whole show. Um, and I did, I, I, I'll admit, I did like when they went to the, um, I think they went to Palm Springs. I can't remember what the, the name of the resort. club? Yeah, it was a resort. Was, they, they, he was like a volleyball manager or the yeah. waiters. Yeah. I, I did like, I think it's yeah. in the third season. I did like when they went to the beach and I liked that he got a crush on Leah Remini from oh, King yeah. of Queens. Like she, like... I, I liked those episodes. Those yeah. That was a fun season. Yeah. Those are very good. Yeah. If I can leave anyone with anything, don't go and watch that new Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Um, go back and l watch these shows that I'm about to list off because I think er we grew up in some of the best eras of this kind of television. Mm -hmm. Boy Meets World, Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Growing Pains, Home Improvement, Married with Children. And even step by step, if step by step yeah. was on, it would I would watch it. It was just fun and wholesome, and that was an, another good dad in that show. Yeah, and um, Co Cody in that show was in the yeah. cool, he was in the cool guy Cody. running. I yeah. loved Cody. Like he was he was a he was also a comic relief. He was a cool guy and comic relief. Um, and then later on, I I liked him even more because he started getting into martial arts movies, yes. <laughs> which was a cool thing too. But yeah, it, you're you're a hundred percent right. We grew up in an era where this is where my uh, cratchety old man is going to come out. Back in my day, you had shows that you connected with the moms, with the dads, with the, all the different characters, and they would sneak in life lessons. Yeah. Nowadays, I feel like a lot of kids shows make parents look dumb and make mm. parents look like that they're not the problem solvers. They're not who you learn a lesson from. That's that. I don't know. That's an issue to me. Like yeah. I, I feel like to think that for kids to watch shows where, if back in our era, 
you know, you had uh, Jesse was always right when she's taking caffeine pills. Or you have that Zach Morris making bad decisions and playing hooky from school was the the cool. Like, you needed to have a Mr. Belding to mm-hmm. to lock it down. You needed to have a Carl Winslow and, a, a, a you know, you a needed Mr. to Feeney. have. Yes, you yeah. needed to have those characters to balance out the decisions of children. And, and that's where the lessons were learned. Um, and I, I, like you said, we love this era and are reminiscent of this era of television for those reasons, because it hit us in, in real spots in our hearts. Um, and that's why it, it, it means something. And I don't think kids these days, <laughs> you know, another old man say, kids these days, I just don't think that they're going to get that. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Our show does. Our shows made us uh, laugh, love, and cry, and I yeah. think that's why we did uh, dedicated an episode on them because I go back and watch them now. And actually, I think that's what I'm gonna go do. So, <laughs> uh, for anyone who who made it through and we didn't offend anyone, <laughs> enjoy all of and, our Voldemorts. Yeah. <laughs> and next week it'll be Eric and uh, John Stamos. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> if I got John Stamos on this. It'd be a heck of an episode. Um, Thanks. No, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of these episodes are great. Um, no, like I, yeah, I appreciate everybody listening to this episode, and I feel like even though this is our retro TV showdown, I feel like we agree. This was definitely not a face off in any way. (laughs) Like this was so much of us just like loving on everything from that era. And I think, I don't know. I think a lot of people our age and that grew up in the same time frame will agree that it's just like, it was a pure era. Um, and it meant something and it was a lot of fun to just reminisce all these different, these different characters. So, so yeah. Until the next time you see us or hear us, be sure to live your life with just a little bit of whimsy. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to Bygone Geek. Please rate and review our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Bygone Geek. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. <laughs>